Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the of the Wrestlers with Experience podcast. I am one half, as you always hear me say, I am one half of this illustrious tag team. Dietrich Davis, Mark Morrell will be bringing you content. New Japan is returning back to format and business. Mark Morrell will be bringing you back. I'm glad that you hit with us for another episode. As you've always heard me, as you recently heard me said, we have expanded where you can find the Wrestlers with Experience podcast along with anything produced under Dietrich Davis on demand. Um, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Spotify iHeartMedia, Stitcher, Podbeam, CastBox, Deezer, TuneIn, and Podcast Addict for now. We are going to be added to more systems, I believe, in the next two to three weeks. I'm just waiting for more approvals and this, that, and the other. But... Um, I thank you for tuning in to get today as you read the title, as you know what I'm about to talk about. Um, I'm going to talk about the debacle that is Chris Jericho versus Mike Tyson. Um, I'm a big supporter of AEW. I believe AEW is good for business. You need more television competition to make other people do better. Though I do as uh, Jim Cornette... Um, or petite wrestling, as Jim Cornette calls it. It doesn't have the monsters and the biggest guys just yet. You know, they just got their deal renewed through 2023, which is phenomenal. So they'll, they'll, we know what they'll be doing for the next three years when it comes to technically four, if you count this one. This one, if you count last year, them coming into the business. But they technically, they're going to be showing us what they're capable of. And they're a growing company and they're on a network that is presented in front of more television homes than the USA Network it is. Um, Turner Broadcasting's uh, TNT, all of those networks, they are literally in more networks than there are the USA net, um, numbers. So I'm not going to compare um, if they beat. There's, there is no Wednesday Night Wars. It's an, it's It doesn't matter at the end of the day. And what made the Monday Night War so impressive was that you had the USA Network, a smaller network available in less homes across the United States, whipping the ass of WCW when it came time for the tide to change. 83 weeks ain't a lot of weeks. <laughs> it ain't enough. That's 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 not even a full two years. All right. You can't you notice they don't say a hundred and they don't even say they don't say hundred and four weeks, eighty-three weeks of whipping WWE's ass because the storylines were stronger at WWE, but they had the bigger network in the platform. So I don't care about ratings. Ratings don't mean nothing today in the world of digital content. Ask Amazon. As ask Netflix, ask HBO Max, ask all of them. Subscription is what matters. With that being said, with that being talked about, I want to talk about Chris Jericho and the Mike Tyson debacle. I want to get into uh, I want to get into great detail about it because it got ruined within minutes of it happening. And a lot of the wrestling world didn't even know that it happened to them like that. And you you got to celebrate the asshole. <sighs> What's that fighter's name? 
it was a UFC fighter. As I go to remember, I have wrote the name down. It was a UFC fighter that, that botched and fucked everything up. Henry Cujo, he's always been a cringy motherfucker in the UFC. Always was. Just doing shit for attention and this, that, and the other. Trying to make shit about him. He was never good at any of his antics. He's not even a great champion. <laughs> Whatever. Anyhow, he shouldn't even have been back fucking stage with his camera open. But a few weeks ago on AEW, uh, on at their, well, let's go back to their pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, which is their WrestleMania, where Mike Tyson had presented the winner of the television title tournament, the television t- um, championship. After that, it seemed like him and Chris Jericho had some choice words. They 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 made it a background thing, and then they had a face off in the middle of the fucking ring. And here we are. We have fifty three year old Mike Tyson standing in the middle of the ring, and we got forty nine year old Chris Jericho standing in the middle of the ring. And this is not the first time they have stood in the middle of the ring at all. Let's not get it twisted. This happened about 10, 10 or 11 years ago when Chris Jericho got the famous punch in the face by Mike Tyson. I think he really broke one of his teeth when Mike Tyson uh, rejoined D-Generation X with Hornswoggle, Triple H, and Chris and um, Shawn Michaels. And you could tell they've done this type of business before. So when you see Tyson and Jericho in front of each other, you can go, well, you know what? They've done this before. So... This is good. They 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 technically are carrying over a storyline that fans know about from WWE. So they get in the ring. They get face to face. Mike Tyson tries to rip his shirt off. It does. It looks horrible. It's good, but he, he struggled with the shirt. They had a, they should have had someone pre cut and run a knife down the middle so they can get a nice tear. They didn't do that. He gets it off. Um. He gets in Chris Jericho's face. Now, Mike Tyson is from my neighborhood. Mike Tyson from Brownsville, Brooklyn, New York. You get in a motherfucker face. Motherfucker getting my face that close. I'm pushing him back immediately. Give me 10 feet. Show me some respect. I'm, I, I stand 10 toes down on that one. But here's Chris Jericho. They're getting in each other's face. He's like, yeah, pal. He's being extremely white. Mike Tyson is trying to be the monster that he was before. But it was working on television. And Mike and Mike Tyson, they get in the ring, they push each other, the whole your squad and my squad gets in the ring, they're fighting back and forth, they do all this shit. The angle comes off okay, because in my head, we got two 50-year-old men trying to sell us a match. Um, I don't want to see Chris Jericho in the ring right now, but he hasn't missed a step. He gained some weight, hasn't missed a step. Mike Tyson looks in phenomenal shape for 53 fucking years old. He walked out there with the salt and pepper beard. That always works for the ladies. His voice isn't strong enough, but his presence is. Mike gets in that ring. They, they, they go back and forth. They do the back and forth. They do the arguing. And then a little 10-second clips where he says, Chris Jericho, your, your ass is mine. You know, he does that, that shit. I'm like, okay, they're gonna, they're gonna, we're going to get what we didn't get with... Tyson and Austin, we're going to get possibly him in the ring. 
And I'm thinking, okay, I'll I'll pay to see Mike Tyson get in a ring. A lot of people uh, pay to see Mike Tyson get in a wrestling ring. Even if it's a five-finger stinker, they're going to want to pay to see Mike Tyson get in the ring. And then you have, go back to the beginning of who I brought up. UFC fighter, Hendry Cujo. The most gimmicky fighter in the UFC. Double champion, champ champ. Records Chris Jericho and his squad standing with Mike Tyson and their squad celebrating on a angle gone well on television. I I don't give a fuck about kayfabe. I hate I hate the fact that wrestling has taken on movie terms and try to make it theirs and, and and comic book writing terms. Let's keep it real. He fucked up the angle. A, a, a recently retired alleged, I'm not too sure if it's fully retired yet, but I don't like watching this and I'm a big UFC fan. A UFC fighter is backstage at AEW with his camera facing himself, showing everybody in the middle of the ring, and then he does the cutthroat, like he knew he fucked the angle up on purpose. You just fuck, this is how you know AEW needs a headmaster. They need one person who's in charge, appointed by Daddy Darius, the funder to be in charge of his son and everybody else. They need a Vince McMahon-like personality there to be in charge of the money and angles and business. I'm tired of it. The double or nothing pay-per-view, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but it really was a fucking joke. It was a series of misfires from beginning to end. And that is my personal opinion and a conversation for another day. But when you have a person in the back who should have had his phone in his fucking pocket, when you're trying to make us believe that Chris Jericho and Mike Tyson are really about to go to war. That man, you know, in the last time you guys heard me speak on this podcast, I thought talk about the cost of what something takes to happen in wrestling. And if I'm the booker and the writer of that fucking storyline, I go to punch Henry Cujo in the fucking face and I try to break his skull as best to my fucking ability because you just cost me pay-per-view fucking buy rates. You might have cost me business with the Bleacher Report. You might have cost me business with TNT. You might have cost me business with my pay-per-view buy rates. Because how do I sell Jericho Tyson if you just was in the back of the locker room selling them, showing them celebrating? Yes, wrestling is fake. But we're selling a storyline here. That's like me telling you the ending to the new Tenet movie that's coming out with Denzel's Washington son, directed by the great Christopher Nolan, telling you the whole film and then say, do you want to buy a ticket to the movie? Like what the, even if they do the making of a film, they do not expose the story. 
But you go in the back and he stands there with his fucking front facing camera. He turns around and 10 fucking seconds, 10 seconds, in my personal opinion, destroyed millions of fucking dollars. Can I get a Jim Cornette? Well, what the fuck from you listeners at home? Because Jim Cornette, if he was standing by my side, would agree with me. If Mark was sitting by my side right now, he would 100% agree with me that that is one of the greatest fuck-ups in professional wrestling history. Now, to show you that that's a great fuck-up, let me show you how a Mike Tyson angle is done right. And I'm going to take you back down, I believe... 1997. Oh, yes. We're going back 23 years ago, 1997, Monday Night Raw. Mike Tyson comes down to the ring, and Vince McMahon is a legend. And I'm going to show you how it's done right. And I want you to go home and watch that five minutes because that five minutes of television sold WrestleMania. I believe it was, when did Tyson, when did Tyson come down? Mike Tyson, let me let me do this right. I should have had this up already. Mike Tyson, WWE Raw. 19, yes, I'm right. When did Mike Tyson show? Oh, here we go. Mike Tyson after the Royal Rumble, 1998. 22 years ago. And I gotta, and I'm gonna set the page for you fans who probably never even seen that clip. For the people who know it, bear with me. I gotta break it down. How something, how Vince McMahon's tediousness. And if you want to complain about micromanaging professional wrestling, we we only hear about it now because the wrestlers complain on Twitter. Let's keep it real. WWE slash WWF has been micromanaged since Vince McMahon got it. Sorry, that's just business. That's how it works. We're talking millions of dollars, not 50. And he makes it look like Mike Tyson is about to join the WWE and get in the ring. The night before, they show Mike Tyson with Shane McMahon enjoying the Royal Rumble from the fucking skybox, which I always thought was trash because it's nosebleed sections, but you get all the wine and liquor and this, that, and you have a private bathroom, blah, blah, blah. If you ever saw skybox or the, or the personal or the owner's uh, seats, it's some of the best seats. It's some of the best catering style seats, but not the best view. But anyhow, to, to, to keep it going, Next night on Raw, Vince McMahon standing in the ring with Mike Tyson. They making it look like Mike Tyson's about to join the WWF. It's about to go down. No Austin, no nothing. We do not know where this is going. And then Steve Austin music hits, and he comes down to the ring. And I want you to pay attention to shit that you didn't want to pay attention to. Details that was put into this angle. A storyline not just protected, but made you believe. It had nothing to do with your age. I want you to think about what Mike Tyson been through at the time. Just gets, you know, he had the rape case. Red boxing license was taken away. Let's not forget WrestleMania 14 is the only WrestleMania executive, is the only WrestleMania with a, a credit on it. Vince gives nobody credits. 
it literally says exactly executive producer um don king and steve austin comes down to the fucking ring and i'm long-winded so bear with so if you don't like it just turn the podcast off but steve austin comes down to the ring and he get he goes he hits every all four corner posts but it was uniquely different he gets out he hits the first one that he's closest to then he goes all the way across he looks at tyson he looks at vince vince deserves a fucking oscar because Vince is one of the best is, is the best actor in WWE history. He has this panic look, the look of worry that Vince is directing himself and controlling the whole fucking ring. This is why AEW needs a headmaster. And Vince walks and then Stone Cold hits the other corner post. He comes out, he cuts back in front of Vince, curses at Tyson, comes back around and then hits the other corner post. Then he goes for that far corner post, which let's just say the right half of the ring. And he hits that far right corner post, cutting in front of not only Vince's squad, but what you call it. But when Stone Cold first comes down to the ring and he hits that first corner post, Kevin Dunn, this is why he's a great executive producer, puts the camera on a whole squad of staff running down to the ring. At that moment, subconsciously in your head you know you believed shit was real even at the time i knew wrestling was fake i said to my boy nelson first one of my closest friends i said yo june did you see how they sent everybody down to the ring nigga they making you believe this shit is real and Tyson and all these people, you had Sergeant Slaughter, uh, you had Earl Hebner and his twin brother come down to the ring, shit you haven't seen since fucking the Royal Rumble switch up with Hulk Hogan, pardon me, let me take a sip of my drink. Since the Hulk Hogan 2 referee gimmick, remember that shit, take it back for you, fuck all that, we moving forward again, bring it, let's go back to the future, 1998, after the Royal Rumble, so you see all these men now you have the big vince squad remember vince was there by himself with one or two people his son now you got the big vince squad you got that you got tyson's squad vince's squad is wrong there's no six microphones in the ring it's just one mic and tyson has not said a word yet and vin and stone cold steve austin grabs vince's hand holding the mic together and he talks his shit uh, he don't believe Tyson could whip his ass. And uh, Austin's stardom around the world is officially skyrocketing. Now, I want to show you a little bit of sight of, of Kevin Dunn's good producing at the time. And I'm not, I don't know the man. I'm just saying, Kevin Dunn's producing. Go back and watch that Royal Rumble when they win. They purposely show Mike Tyson celebrating and loving the Steve Austin element. Let's go back to that night. So now him and Austin are face to face. Mike Tyson is trying to act, but he's not doing a good job at it. Stone Cold says, I know if you don't understand, I got some sign language for you, puts the middle fingers up. Tyson does, the, the only thing, I, the mistake I think Tyson made was when he did the, like, oh, you want some of me type of shit? And then when he pushed him, the push, Heard around the world. 
Daily News, New York Times, Newsday, this, that, and the other, all talked about the Mike Tyson Stone Cold altercation. Go look up the articles. They're there in the sports pages. So now, and local newspapers. This is when they were printing newspapers like wildfire. If you had a quarter in your pocket, you, you, you had access to everything they wanted you to know. So, th- so then they get down. Tyson goes to throw a kick. They get in the crowd. They make sure Tyson is standing off in the corner, all nice and calm. Stone Cold is laying on his back. You got Slaughter pulling on one leg. You got Austin on top of one of the Stooges. You got everybody pulling away. And here comes Vince with the award-winning performance. They get Austin out the ring. The crowd is going crazy. And Vince holds the microphone midway to his chest while holding on to the second rope. It says, you ruined it, Austin. You ruined it. It looked like he fucked up. Steve Austin fucked up Vince McMahon's million-dollar opportunity. Wrestling fans, forget about those little that little line. But if you're looking at it as a promoter, as a business, those lines sell Steve Austin through the roof. The current Royal Rumble winner winning his second Royal Rumble. And he's saying, you ruined it, God damn it! You ruined it, you son of a bitch, you ruined it! And with all of that happening, Mike Tyson's squad is in the corner, and Mike Tyson is looking like he don't even want to deal with Vince anymore. It looked like he lost business. This is where television production and why Kevin Dunn at that moment in time was a great television producer. I don't know about the rest of his life. That moment in time. He's a great television producer because he's given you so many instances and so many things. There's three acts happening. It was a three-act story arc in five minutes. Mike Tyson may be joining the WWE. And he and Vince says at Wrestle and he'll be in this very ring at WrestleMania. And before he can say what it is, Stone Cold comes down to the ring. Act two. Austin is down to the ring. They go back and forth, this, that, and the other. Then the chaos takes place, the action scene in act two. Act three, he just lost Mike Tyson because Steve Austin was insulted that they called him the baddest man on the planet in the middle of the ring that he feels he owns. And Vince is livid. And Vince sells that storyline. Vince is that third part of that story act, in that third act sells it he makes you a lot of people don't look at it but he makes you believe he just cost him millions of fucking dollars now all week long we have to wait and go is tyson and austin going to fight at wrestlemania what if they put the wwf championship on mike tyson we had to wait a fucking week for all of this But you know what did not happen? You didn't have someone with their video camera in the back with Austin and Vince and Tyson talking about we did a good piece of business and celebrating together. We didn't have, even though you might have had a lot of celebrities in the back at every Monday Night Raw, whatever state they was in, we didn't have a fucking UFC fighter standing there holding his personal home camera, looking back and going, look, you guys, look. I'm backstage. Look, that shit was fake. We know it's fake. 
Imagine what Vince would have done. And let me tell you who the culprit is again. What do you think Vince would have done to Henry Cujo? Is it Henry Sujudo? Whatever. Henry Sujudo, Cujo, Sujudo. What do you think Vince would have had that he would have sued Henry Kunjudo for ruining that? That could have ruined the pop, uh, the, the the sale of WrestleMania 15. He would have had the dead. And the reason why I brought up executive producer credit because that Henry Kujudo Sujudo would have had to deal with fucking Don fucking King and his team of lawyers. He would have had to deal with Vince McMahon and his team of lawyers. Or you could have had something, a line that a lot of people don't understand, torturous interference. That's a great legal term. I love it. And you could have had Vince McMahon being sued by Don King because of who he let backstage who couldn't control himself because they had to show that they was in the fucking room. Let me tell you something. And a lot of people can testify it. And for the ones who believe it and know it to be true and have seen it. Thank you for the ones who think I'm full of shit or the ones who don't believe that their people can get into certain areas because I've worked in this entertainment game for a long time. I have stood in a room in the back of many great shit. And you know what I did? I kept my phone in my fucking pocket. I kept my camera when we, we carried around digital cameras in my fucking bag. There's a great line Jay-Z says to Swiss Beats. The Swiss Beats goes to take a picture because he wanted to put it on Instagram in the beginning of Instagram. And Jay-Z said, Jay-Z said, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, I'm getting this picture for the gram. And then he goes, why? He goes, because people got to see this greatness. It's me, you, nah, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. And Jay says to him, but you in the room. Now, for all those real heads, for the select heads, they know what that means. Nigga, you ain't got to prove nothing to a motherfucker. You in the room with us. You in the room with greatness. That's not for everybody. But Henry Sujudo, but this generation, Henry Sujudo pulls out the camera. I don't like motherf- I don't like taking pictures with celebrities. I'll never take a picture with a celebrity. I won't take a picture with celebrities. I won't take a picture with wrestlers. That's not for me. A fan to none of <laughs> Fuck that picture. What does that mean? I met you. You stood next to me. I'm a fan. Fuck you. Fuck the picture. I go to Bora Bora and take a picture of myself on the beach. You'll probably think it's Corny Island. Who gives a fuck about a picture of who you stood with? But here's Henry Sujudo. Gotta show that he's in the room costing millions of dollars in pay-per-view buy rates and doesn't even understand what he did. Vince got upset that Ronda Rosley took a picture with another you a, a friend a former co-worker. Vince from the UFC. Vince had a fit. Do y'all not remember that? Do y'all not remember that? And then fired the nigga. He had signed the he had signed a WWE deal. 
Cain Velasquez got fired from WWE. Let's not forget that. Someone had to get punished for the picture. Or maybe he left on his own terms. I'm not too fucking sure. The contract was short-lived. Let's just say that. Imagine Austin, Tyson, Shawn Michaels, DX, WrestleMania destroyed because of a fucking picture. If you thought the curtain call was bad, imagine what would have happened if that type of footage would have came out of Austin and fucking Tyson and Vince all hugging and celebrating with Vince drinking a double doers, Austin with a bear in his hand and Mike Tyson with a drink all celebrating laughing and joking how great that segment was they would have you know how when the internet was young in 98 they would have broke it with that moment they would have called w those newspaper articles would have called wwe a lot they would have celebrated them on monday calling a genius of of writing and this that and the other and then calling them dummies and assholes on a two on a wednesday if that footage would have came out on tuesday Curtain Call was a speculation video on two niggas, actually. So I know some people who never even seen it to the two. Th no one I knew, anyone who said they saw that Curtain Call video in 1994, 95, 96, use a fucking, use a liar. And I hope you choke on the first thing you fucking eat. Because use a liar. People heard about it. People seen pictures on websites. Websites couldn't even play more than five seconds worth of video at the time. That type of bandwidth wasn't available on dial-up. Motherfuckers didn't see that shit until 2000, 2001. Let's keep it real. Oh, you can lie to me when you see me and say you saw it, but I know you didn't. Not into the early, not into at minimum, 9899 you know when everybody got to see it when triple h sat with jim ross and a promo and triple h goes you want me to cut you want me to shoot you want me to shoot from the fucking gut when i stood in the middle of the ring with my four friends and they played the footage on monday night raw that's when all you niggas saw it 1999 and if you lie, you said you saw it before that, <laughs> you're a fucking liar. Anyway, I say this to say, AEW got a major fucking problem. It's called organization. It is called control. If I was in control of AEW as of today, you motherfucker, anybody takes a picture back here, you're fired. Anybody putting shit on the gram and is breaking the written storylines, you're fired. I'm finding you, you're off TV for a while, you will sit home and we will destroy, you will be building your career back up from the bottom. Straight up and down. No, no, no bullshit, no this, no that. That's how I was going to handle you. And that's how you was going to have to accept it. Look up the ink. Look it up. He destroyed it. With that being said, I'm going to end this episode now because now I'm going to start saying shit that I shouldn't be saying and I'll be dead wrong.
But I want you guys to go look up Jericho versus Tyson and look at that angle. And then go look up, go back and go look up Austin Tyson in the middle of that ring. And then look up Henry Cejudo's video. Not exposing the business. There's no more exposing the business. Fucking up a written storyline. That's like when the Star Wars script got left and a fan found it and put it all over the internet with the last Star Wars film. That's exactly what that's like. And the whole movie gets blown. The last Star Wars movie gets blown because they took the script and put it online. Why didn't you keep control of your fucking script? That is what that is. And I think people need to understand how much of a fuck up that really is. With that being said, I thank you for listening to another episode of the uh, about to say the wrong podcast of wrestlers with experience. This podcast is growing. Our numbers are growing where we are available at is growing. So for those who don't know, no matter what device you're using, no matter what, there's many apps to download to listen to this podcast. You can listen to it. On Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, CastBox, Deezer, TuneIn, and Podcast Attic. And the availability of where we are going to be is growing at an alarming rate. I put a lot of work into this podcast. I put a lot of work. We are I'm putting a lot of work into our promotion engine. Mark is going to be Mark puts in a lot of work. I put in a lot of work. It may seem like it's just talking, but people don't realize talking into this microphone, whether you're by yourself, whether you, when you have people with you, it's a little bit easier to talk into this microphone. But to be by yourself and to crack this mic by yourself, it's not an easy thing. So we appreciate all your support and listen, even if you only listen to 10 minutes of it. We thank you for listening to that 10 minutes. With that being said. Black Lives Matter. Even if you don't have to support the organization, but you got to I ask that you support the meaning and the understanding of it. I thank you again for listening to Wrestlers with Experience. As I always say at the top of the show, my name is Dietrich Davis, one half of the illustrious tag team of Wrestlers with Experience with Mark with with the with the night with Mark Knight. With Mark Morell, Mark Knight Morell, excuse me. I thank you so much. We appreciate you, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Enjoy your day. Stay safe.